Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios Presents Stories. Today on the show, I'm joined with James, who's an Air Force veteran, and he's running two podcasts. We're going to find out why two and how he chose those topics and much, much more. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Stories. Today, I'm joined with James Van Puyen. Welcome to the show, James. How are you? I'm fine. So I always like to ask my guests, tell me about yourself. Well, uh, this is always a tricky question for me because at this point in my life, uh, I'll be 47 this summer. I never know how far back to go and, and talk about any of my background because I've uh, fortunately had a lot of life behind me. I did 20 years in the United States Air Force, which you and I previously have talked about a little bit. Uh, but I grew up in Michigan, thought I would always want to live in Michigan until I left Michigan. And pretty quickly early on in my military time, the more I saw other places and the more I went back to Michigan, it's just, I would probably say about a six, six year mark. I was definitely like, this is not home, you know? So kind of the world is my home at that point. And uh, now I reside in Las Vegas, and I think we'll get into probably some other stuff, but I could probably talk about a long time about my background and myself, but it's sort of a quick overview. All right. So as many people don't know, James has two podcasts. How did you get into podcasting? Great question. I, I love podcasting for this reason. Uh, you never know. I, I don't like to script my show too much. I do, and I don't. And uh, to have two different ones, one with a co-host, one without. So great question. And if you had told me kind of a lot of things, but definitely podcasting, if you ever told me when I was younger, I'd ever grow up and do anything related to interviewing or radio or television, even for that matter, or podcasting, there would have been no way. But as I was getting out of the military in 20, actually, I knew I was getting out the beginning of 2014. I had a little, about a little over a year left. And so I lived in Tampa, Florida at the time. I knew no one really in the business community at all. No one hardly in, in Tampa just because of my job. I was a uh, tactical communications. I traveled a lot. I was either deploying or practicing somewhere to, you know, doing training somewhere around the United States to, or even world at that point to, to deploy. So that last year I was like, okay, let me kind of plug into the local community. I love Tampa, Florida. Even now, even though I'm not there right now, I consider if someone asked me where where home is for me, Tampa, Florida has always felt like home. So I believe I'll eventually go back. So haven't haven't made it back so far, but I'm in Las Vegas now. But so I got into a group of people that were starting to to use podcasting for their business, and some people even starting a podcast around a niche that they were interested in and growing that out in that niche and becoming a thought leader, et cetera. Or, I hate the term. I guess I don't hate the term influencer, but I think it's used pretty too much too loosely. We all kind of have influence to some degree. You know, we can either influence good or bad, of course, but could be in, a, in our community in a small way or a big way, or you know, on a mass scale. So it was things like that that got me interested in podcasting. I knew enough. I have a tech background, so I knew enough about what a podcast was. I'd been listening to sports type podcasts 
I don't remember the first year, but definitely back like 2006, seven, eight timeframe. So it wasn't that I didn't know what it was, but I just didn't realize where things were going to go to where you could have kind of on-demand content and be a content creator. And those kind of terms and things were sort of foreign to me since I was in the military at the time. And it really just, it wasn't in my scope of, of even being interested in. So it was through that uh, plugging in basically around January of 2014 specifically to see kind of what was next uh, and so I always wanted to do business and I also was studying a lot about marketing. So it was pretty quick, quickly for me to realize, okay, this is where the future is going to go. It's only going to get easier. I was hearing statistics about even, even the limited amount of people that knew about podcasts at the time were listening to a lot of it and it was going to be more demand than supply, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I kind of always remind myself too, it's feels like it's not early on anymore, but I think we're still early personally. So. Uh, hopefully I could go on and on, but that's, that's the gist about how I got involved. And then I started, I mean, we could talk a little bit about how I got started with which podcast, but. All right. Do you remember your, your very first show? I do. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I think that's, goes back to a little bit of my answer. My last answer. Um, it was just one of those things that it's like, okay, well, how do I do this? Like, I, I don't have any interview training. I don't, you know, I hear people, that I believe are professionals, if you will, you know, you're Larry Kings or, you know, late night TV hosts who ask good questions and interview people. You know, I had seen enough or even sports, right. All these different people with sports. I understood that from watching it and consuming that perspective, but to actually do my own show and figure out which questions I was going to ask and, you know, kind of how to do all those things. Um, So the first podcast I started, so so that was the other thing of decision making. It's like, okay, I, I feel like I had a couple areas that I wanted to do a show about. I mm-hmm. feel like for myself and probably yours as well, but for me, I feel like stories and good stories is what makes a, a good podcast to some mm-hmm. degree. And so I I always was interested in getting out of the military and going to business. So veteran, so business specifically, but specifically niche to veterans and military people was an interest I had. So I knew I would do something related to that. But I also had, was involved in a relay race at at the time. Well, I say at the time now as well, but was coming out of the military doing this shit, this race that when you talk about stories, it had so many interesting, fascinating stories. Every single race all over the United States at the time. Well, not to you, but at, the, at that time when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, I think I'll start around the race. I kind of came up with the name and, and the idea. I was like, okay, let me interview and I already had some people I'd ran with before. So I was like, okay, let me start with these circle of people that I know. And actually, you and I talked about podcast movement, a podcast conference before we, we came on the show, but 2016, I was getting ready to go to podcast movement in Chicago. So I was like, okay, let me stop. There was a place in Tennessee where several running people had had, or people that I'd ran with before were were at. So I talked to them. I was like, Hey, I'm going to come up. Can I do some interviews there with you guys? And they're like, oh, yeah, we would love that. So uh, that was some of my first few. And then now I'm, I'm actually remembering I had actually done just like what we're doing right now with Zoom. I'd done a Zoom just before this time, like right within days of making this trip and having, you know, so I was like, okay, let me do a bunch of podcast interviews because when I go to Podcast Movement, my second time being at a podcast conference, or second or third time, let me not 
be the guy to be like, oh yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what show I'm going to do. Still haven't launched. So I figured at least I'd have some shows recorded and then kind of go from there. So, so it was kind of in conjunction. I did, I want to say I did two or three on zoom. Uh, now that I'm, I'm answering the question, I, I don't remember really the first one of that. I think I do, but it's within one or two interviews I did because I did quite a few of them on zoom, two or three. Mm-hmm. And then I think the same day or just a couple of days. And then on the trip, I literally sat down in person with, with some people and interviewed several people. And then crazy enough in my mind, I was like, okay, if I go to podcast movement, it seems like a lot of podcast hosts have a bunch of people at the podcast movement event that they can interview. But for the Ragnar race, for me, I was like, okay, it needs to be very specific. I want to interview people who have done this race, but so many people haven't even heard of the race even now, but definitely back you know, at that point, uh, a lot of people hadn't. People have heard of Spartan Race. Spartan Race has their own podcast. They produce their own podcast, and they have for years. Ragnar Relay still to this day doesn't. So I was like, okay, you know. But I went to Podcast Movement right after I recorded some of these episodes for the for that show called the Ragnar Life Podcast, and I ran into somebody towards the end at like a, I think it was like a networking thing or or a, or a luncheon, and when I told him what the show was going to be, he's like, oh, I know what Ragnar is. I was, he's like, I've ran it. I was like, do you want to be interviewed? So I actually did an interview at the very end of Podcast Movement in 2016. And you can, the episode, if you listen to the episode, you still hear, you could hear a lot of the uh, the background noise from the hotel. So <laughs> there's a kind of a long answer, but really cool how, how that worked. But yeah, that was that was kind of my first few uh, interviews to, for that podcast that I still do to this day. Yeah, I mean, I remember my very first interview for my podcast. I use. I was just new to podcasting, and I knew nothing about using Zoom. All I knew was Skype. And let me tell you the headache Skype created, because as you know, Skype puts everything on one track. And if you have noise from your other, from the other end, you can't edit it out. Right. It's a nightmare. Until I started researching and found out Zoom will let you separate your tracks, it made my life. And then going to the show that we met at Podcast Movement, I realized, holy crap, there are more there are more programs and services besides Zoom out there, Riverside, Zen Squad, and everyone's got their own choice and their own feeling. Yeah, and and, and that just reminds me, uh, and, and which I didn't mention, I think one of the first few interviews I did was also so I use Skype. So I think it helps, which we talked about before. I have a tech background, which definitely is better than not having it. But still, even if you have a tech background, kind of back, probably even before I got into podcasting, but definitely when I got into podcasting, there was a lot less tools than there is now. There's like mm-hmm. more and more things added, which is cool, right? But back then, I was like, okay, I can do it on Skype. Or Zoom was really kind of early. Maybe it was around, but I had never really heard of it until somewhere in the mid to end of 2015 going into 2016, which is when all of this was happening for me. You know, when I was like, really, okay, let me, let me start to record and figure this out. Um, so to your point, I don't even remember if Zoom, if I don't think, cause Zoom wasn't really made for, for podcasting necessarily. They're like, okay, here's a video conferencing platform that people can use. And really they were one of the first ones you could go live from what I remember that you could go live mm-hmm. into like Facebook groups and things like that. So I was starting to use it quickly for those kind of things. I was like, okay, I want to do a live show into a Facebook group related to my podcast and and kind of try some of those things and do matter of fact one year i was going to a different podcast conference and i interviewed someone in another uh they were in puerto rico so i was interviewing them on zoom mobile 
because I was using, you know, basically my phone for internet as I was driving from one city to another. Yeah. I mean, I was, I wasn't driving. I, I was in a passenger, but you know what I mean? Like literally I was on my computer, like we are right now interviewing someone, you know, as I, as I was in the vehicle using zoom. Right. So, but I think early on they, we couldn't even really do this, the split uh, track. I don't think, but anyway, that all these things kind of merged together a little bit at this point. But from what I remember, I think that was kind of a newer thing, but definitely Skype was, uh, could had its own challenges. Let's just say. For sure. Very, I mean, I mean, besides the fact it puts everything on one track, you don't really have control of audio much with it. It's video wasn't as superior as Zoom is today. Anyway, yeah, what I like, what I personally liked, and now I feel like we're just kind of an advertisement for Zoom, but what I've always liked about <laughs> Zoom from an IT perspective, from a tech perspective, and I joke, the only person I liked it because I have a lot of guests that don't have a lot of, I, I never, let's just say, I never know what I'm going to get on the other end. I would like to think everybody knows how to do all these things. And it doesn't matter what age I've had all ranges of ages of people not know how to do a lot of things. Once they come on my, my, you know, set it up like this, like you and I are doing. But what I liked about zoom from the beginning was it was so seamless. They had mm -hmm. built it such a, in such a way that where people could just never have used it before be on zoom. Like we are right now in minutes or less. Except my mom, which I kind of joke is like, my mom. <laughs> hopefully she won't listen to this show. And I've told her, you know, to her face, obviously. But, you know, my mom, it took me about probably an hour and a half to get my mom on Zoom for the first time. I still don't understand why and how. But uh, anyway, she uses I mean, it now. But, but that I was mean, the thing. It was just easy from a, you know, a user perspective. So I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I love about Zoom is all you got to do is send them the link and it, they don't have to install anything. All they have to do is click that link. It launches it in the web browser. Yeah, and anything it does do, it does so seamlessly in the background. It, whoever you know, it, it's just from a, in my opinion, from a design perspective, it's whoever thought up how to do it, did it pretty well. And then everybody kind of knows what Zoom is now. But before COVID, I think COVID really, you know, some people used it. A lot of people used it per se. But after, you know, it it kind of blew up. But, you know, good, good job by the, the whoever the people that are responsible of doing what they do at Zoom. But anyway, that's enough about Zoom. No, anyways, let's get to know a little bit more about you. Where did you grow up? Okay, so I grew up in, in northern Michigan in a place uh, or just kind of lived a few different places. But I claim Traverse City. I grew up, up just outside of Traverse City. And uh, if anyone, well, you're in Chicago, so you've probably heard of that that area of the country. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of little places. Well, Traverse City is relatively small, depending on what you compare it to. But it's a decent-sized city for northern Michigan. It's right down the water on Lake Michigan. It's beautiful. My grandparents had a hotel on Lake Michigan. Also, my grandfather was an electrician, so I started working with him when I was 10. But I grew up in Traverse City, Michigan. And at the time, before I went in the military, there wasn't really a whole lot of Internet stuff going on. I knew nothing about tech or Internet or even wanting to know anything about it at that point. And then you know, I didn't even want to go to any kind of college or anything. I was... I was new since I was 10, what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of be like my grandfather, who was almost like a father figure to me. And I was like, okay, I know how to do this. I know I don't need to do school for it. I went to a, a career tech center for my last two years of high school. So if I didn't go in the military, which I hadn't planned on, that's what I would have done. I would have never planned on leaving the area, have felt like I had everything I needed. Although now looking back, the weather really wasn't all that great, but I didn't know any different. So. <laughs> You know, it was kind of what I was used to, but I went in the military thinking I would go in for four years and come back. So 
you know, about 18 years old, I figured 18 to 22 learn at the time. My mindset was I'll learn how to be an electrician on a plane somehow to add that to my, to my knowledge and then come back and be an electrician again in, you know, in and around the Traverse city area. And I never made it back all these years later. Here I am not wanting to really go back to Michigan hardly at all. If I can help it. How did you wind up in Vegas? Yeah. So I'm in Las Vegas now and, and, I feel like this is a trend in my life. I feel like I say this about a lot of things. If you had ever said when I was growing up that I'd be a runner at all, I'd say you're crazy and I'd never would have done that. If you had said I'm going to be some sort of host of any kind of show of any sort that is my own show, I'd be like, yeah, I don't really see that, but okay. I could have probably believed that more than the running. But then also, if you ever said, like, I've been to Las Vegas before, like, I was stationed, my first duty station was Utah. It was about six hours away from Las Vegas. So I'd been to Las Vegas a couple of times during those six years I was there. Nothing about it. Been like, oh, I can't wait to go back. It wasn't a bad experience, but it wasn't like an area to where I said, oh, yeah, someday I'm going to live there at all. Uh, so after I got in the military, I went to or I'm, I used my GI, I have the post knowledge of my GI Bill. I was like, OK, let me go out to San Francisco. I have a tech background. This is there's this whole Silicon Valley mystique. I was like, let me kind of see. My first idea was like, let me go out to school for a little bit. I'll go back and forth between Florida, which I love. I'll, I'll stay in Tampa and then go to San Francisco and kind of go back and forth. Never really worked out that way. As soon as I got out to Bay Area, I was like, oh, this is pretty legit. I really, you know, plugged in there and, and networked with a lot of the um, experience I was starting to get in Tampa. So I did a lot. I helped a local person do a lot of events in Tampa. So I was like, okay, let me let me kind of network and learn what I'd learned networking in Tampa in San Francisco. So I started to plug into some of the podcasting groups um, you, that you've probably been familiar with, uh, mm. you know, that were, that were shared with me in podcast movements, uh, Facebook group. So I started to kind of network in that area. And then uh, through networking, I met somebody at an event at a, a conference called uh, traffic and conversion. I met a guy who lives in Las Vegas at the time, not even knowing, and then I went to, it was like later that year, I was like, okay, there's this national NAB, National Association of Broadcasters event that was going to be in Vegas later that year, this was 2019. So I was already going to school in San Francisco, living in San Francisco area by and large. I was like, okay. So when I went to Vegas, I was like, okay, who do I know in Vegas? And then I, you know, remembered the dude at this other conference that was a veteran as well. So it was through that I started kind of, come in here in Las Vegas a lot in 2019 on and off. And then I started to think, wait a minute, if I spend more time in Las Vegas, I can fly back and forth. It's got a good airport. It's cheaper to be in Vegas than it is in San Francisco. I could kind of have the better, best of both worlds. It kind of just grew on me. So I, I've been kind of living here on and off since basically 2019, believe it yeah, or not. Right. So, and then, you know, COVID kind of helped that out because, everything was virtual. So it didn't really matter where I was at. I couldn't go to my, you know, physically, I didn't have to go to school much anyway, because most of it was, you know, online classes, only a few per, in-person classes. And then once COVID started, everything was virtual in San Francisco. No, no classes in person, no anything in person. So I was like, well, I might as well stay in Las Vegas. And the rest is kind of history for Las Vegas. All right. What motivates you, inspires you and drives you? Do you have great questions? I love that question. Um, I'm going to take that in three parts and then help me out. So what drives me mm -hmm. is what didn't used to drive me maybe early on, or maybe it was there and I just didn't know it. And I developed it in the military. Once I knew at some point early on that 
that was the career I was going to do, excuse me, that I was going to stay in the Air Force and stay in the military, kind of for the long haul. Because I figured if I made 10 or if I got to 10, I was going to stay 20 years. I'm, I'm kind of not a halfway go do something else kind of a person. But once I kind of got toward that period of time, I started to kind of develop this whole all in mentality. Like if I'm in, if I'm going to be doing this, I want to do it. And if I want to do something else, I'm going to go do something else. I don't want to be kind of always like, Oh man, I'm out in out. Right. So what drove me really was to be the best thing that I could be, whether it was a supervisor, whether it was to be a technician, whatever the things were and the air force clearly helped with the self-development of like, okay, they they do a thing called whole, or they talk about a, a concept called a whole person concept. They want you to do different kinds of jobs. They don't want you really stagnant in anything, right. To develop, to be a, be a supervisor pretty quickly to manage a lot of people, to manage a lot of equipment, and then just really learn these things quickly. So then, you know, you, you're kind of building, kind of building blocks to that. So as I got out, I was like, okay, I want to really design a life that I don't want a vacation from. So what drove me is, is always that's just constant, even to this day, self-work and self-development concept. Cause Air Force was really paying a lot of money and encouraging that a lot and in a lot of their systems and, you know, evaluations and stuff for us as a, as a person, um, and as a supervisor. So I just kind of took some of those concepts as I got out and what drove me is this big vision of like, Hey, my voice does matter. And I can use these tools such as podcasting, which we've talked a lot about to influence and to make a difference with veteran business specifically. And then this, this running community of people kind of going outside their comfort zone and pushing themselves and, and doing those kind of things. And you, what was the other two things you said driving? What drove me? Motivate, motivate and inspires. Okay. What inspires me, I think, is other people. And I, it doesn't matter who the person is, but there's one person I thought of in uh, specifically when I kind of saw him at an event speak and him and his wife were very successful business owners, multiple him, multiple businesses that he had founded and sold and still do does these businesses. I felt like, wow, these here's people that live a life to where they're kind of like this concept of no finish line. And what started to resonate to me is like, because I'd seen this model growing up, which never made sense to me. Like everybody sort of putting off what they want to do till later in life, this magic number. And it didn't matter what number, right? When I'm 55, I'm going to be done working. I'm going to have enough to do whatever I want. And then I'm going to do it. Then I'm going to do some of the things I want to do or all the things I've waited to do till later that I can't do right now because I'm X, Y, Z. Right. Mm -hmm. So I saw this whole kind of different mindset of like, how about doing and setting up your life to where you can do those things every year, whether you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, I was like, why wait to do whatever those things are? So that really started to inspire me as people who wouldn't settle to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to work in it. And there's nothing wrong with it. I guess I'm really kind of battled this with my mind, but like the people that are on earth for a reason and talk about that reason and are motivated by that reason. And it's, you know, the inspiration to me is making a difference and not only making a difference for a certain amount of time. And then be like, Hey, I'm going to go on the beach and do nothing for the rest of my life. You know? So, so that's what inspires me currently, or even just hearing an impact that I've made at all on people that, that inspires me to want to do that more personally and then watch other people that do that and, and try to do that. So that's, I think, I think we've hit it pretty well. And what drives me is kind of the same thing is just 
each day to to finish strong, to be better the next day than I was the day before. All right. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Wow. That's a great question too. And I, and I, I don't know if this is the best one, but I'm going to, um, I'm going to share this cause it just happened. And I think this is what I don't say life is about, but this is something that's, that's interesting at this point in my life because I've been able to influence people in a positive way at all in the military that I'm starting to kind of see and talk, be able to talk to people that served underneath me, you know, in a leadership role in some pretty hard situations. And there was a person specifically last week that I, that I ate dinner with. And when I heard him say specific things that I'd even really forgotten about that, that, that I had done and made decisions as a leader to lead this person and other people in a pretty hard time period for what, for what our mission was. And when he had talked about now that he's in basically even past the higher role than I was in at the time. And he, he said, I, there's several things that I learned from you that I implement now, you know, to me, that was, I mean, to me, that's the ultimate compliment. If you can, I mean, I think it's about trying to, cause you want people to be better than you in my mind. It's like, okay, I, I'm not the best, right? Like hopefully be, be what you're seeing. I am. And then be more, be, be, you know, let's all kind of, you know, make, make each other better. So I think that that's one of the better compliments I think I've ever gotten. I don't know if that is truly a compliment. I took it as a compliment. Um, so that comes to mind because it recently happened, um, you know, and, and probably anything that related to, you know, I was raised a certain way to be a servant leader. So I think anytime I get complimented or, you know, someone says something in the background of like, Hey, I've been, I've been seeing that you're doing these things, you know, thank you for doing that. That's, that's a good compliment for me. All right. What's the biggest, what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? Wow. Another good question. So failure is an interesting concept to me anyway, because I think you really partially in my mind only fail when you stop or when you quit. Mm-hmm. And so I try not to have quit in me, but I know sometimes especially in business and probably like to you, it's not always the smart thing or the right thing to kind of double down, triple down and just push through obstacles. Sometimes you should. And sometimes you have to look at those obstacles and be like, okay, let me kind of change course. I don't view those things necessarily always as failure per se. Um, but I think, I think now, interestingly enough, this is, you know, I've done a lot of interviews that might, I've been recently divorced, so I think some people would look at divorce maybe as a failure. I don't even now look at that as a failure. I feel like it was a hell of a run for a long period of time. You know, I don't really want to kind of get into a lot of the details, but um, and then you know I'm kind of evaluating and and seeing what I can do better in the future of a relationship wise, right? But but I think that can be viewed maybe as a possibly as a failure, but I still, I don't personally view it that way. It's just kind of a learning lesson. And, you know, it was, you know, I had great times and great memories, but sometimes I believe people go or just, I mean, I felt like people grow apart and, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong to me in that it's, you know, what's best, you know, can, 
can I look at myself in the mirror with some of the decisions I'm making? And I felt like I could, and I felt like it was the right thing to do, even though it was a hard thing to do, but mm -hmm. I've been you know, kind of trained and making hard decisions hasn't really maybe been easy, but I'm definitely trained to make hard decisions, right? 20 years military. So, so that maybe is a failure. And then also, um, you know, I think I did early on in my life, I sort of bought, not even bought into this concept, but I was young and very, willing to take risks let's just say and i got into real estate and i really kind of bit off quote, probably quote unquote more than i can chew i didn't feel like at the time it was more than i could chew but i had no really good plan in place of like what am i going to do when i have to leave this place and what what if some of the properties aren't the greatest right i was more yeah i'll figure it out <laughs> so i don't really view that as failure either i learned a lot through it it could be viewed maybe in the short term as i failed early on in some of those things, but I think I learned a lot through it. I got to fight another, I uh, lived to fight another day, if you will. So, you know, those, those, I'm sure there's more things that I'm just not thinking of, but those couple main things come to mind. But again, I don't, I don't know that I would personally say they were failures because um, I've just had some kind of learning lessons in life, but I don't know that I've really subscribed to this whole success failure concept. So. All right. Tell me about three influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Wow. This is uh so I, I appreciate the chance to come on your podcast and I want to really say you, you ask great questions and I appreciate that. I, I've been interviewed a lot. I've interviewed a lot of people like to me, that's the ultimate compliment. Well, which I didn't really mention, but, but anytime someone on a podcast says, you know, that's an excellent question or great question, or I've never been asked that question. Those are all great compliments, right? From a host. But so I want to first say, thank you for asking. That's a great question. Again, I would no say problem. the the first person really, I kind of mentioned earlier, right? The, I always hate to say the most influential because at this point I'm, you know, rounding the corner to 50. My grandfather passed away in 2006 and I really, felt like and feel like my dad's still alive. I have a good relationship with my dad. It's gotten better. I've done a lot of work to make it be as good as it could be and improve on that. But it was just something about the kind of person my grandfather was. Such an early age, 10, all those years of really being set up for in a good way for the rest of my life by getting the chance to to spend, you know, like a lot of times when we would go to work sites, it would be almost an hour drive to to where we were working, work together all day, hour back. So to have the amount of time for so many years with him, and even toward the end of his life, I spent a lot of time. I was happened to be stationed not far from where he would go in the winter time. He would go to live in Michigan, then go to Florida, pretty much you know the December to April time frame. But toward the end of his life, not knowing quite when that would be at the time, of course, I, I spent a lot of time with him. So. He was definitely probably one of the most influential people for me personally. Um, now I'm trying to think who the other two, because I don't want to leave people out too. Um, you know, it, I I believe in a good way I've been influenced by a person as I was getting out of the military. I, the, the person I mentioned, his name is Chris Kermetzos. He started a conference called PodFest. I was doing a lot of, of, of volunteer stuff with him when I when I was still in the Air Force, was doing events with him locally and learning how to network. I, I knew how to network a certain way in the military to get things done for 20 years. That's just how we did it. I was a senior enlisted guy at the time I got out. So 
I did a lot of stuff in the military and I learned how to do it in the military side for a lot of years. But I feel it's just a little different as I was getting out. I started to learn a different way of doing it on the civilian side, if you will, or in the business space or at these events. So I think I learned a lot by spending time and helping Chris Kermitso specifically. Other people kind of in conjunction with that, but like the one person that I really felt like was a mentor in a way without asking, hey, can you mentor me? Would have been him as I came out for just my, my specifically my transition. So that would be the second. And I'm trying to think who I would say for the third. So I'm thinking real hard because I know there's a third. I just want to think, articulate it. So and I'm trying to think coaches too, because I think coaches are important growing up. Um, so I think one person I would mention maybe is a third because I'm, Really just no one's saying that coming to mind quickly. But the third person, maybe as that uh, vocational school that I went to, I remember a lot of the things. And that's kind of an impressionable time, right? You're not, you know, I was in about 11th, 12th grade. There was a specific individual that really talked to me about this was a big decision at the time, right? Do I go in the military or do I stay and try to be an electrician, which is what I wanted to do all along? I really felt like I had a very specific for sure path. And the military was not that. So I was like, really not in love with the idea of the military, not against it, but not, I was definitely like, personally, I was like, okay, there's only really a couple of branches I would consider if I even went and Air Force and Navy kind of were those. And so they were, the specific teacher was like, okay, the military has good schools, but if you go for 18 to 22 and you come back here, you're going to be ahead of your peers. So it's going to be a win all the way around. You're going to get some life experience. I just felt a lot of that conversation we had, now to look back was very influential they were great teachers both we had two different ones in the vocation you know in the electrical occupations was the mm -hmm. vocational uh, track that i that i was in so those two individuals for sure were pivotal at that time period of what was i going to do and since the military definitely made such a huge change in my life i wouldn't i wouldn't be probably ever in las vegas living a lot of the things I do now, I don't think I would have done pretty much almost any of them, per probably, if I live in Michigan and I do what I was kind of planning on doing. All right. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Um, I think it goes back to some of my answer before. I think if I – because this definitely changed in the last – probably 10 years or less because – I. I think even on the military side, it's hard to ever know. I mean, you kind of know when you're done. I had more in me probably to stay in the military if I had have done that. I was 38 years old, 20 years, so I kind of had my retirement wrapped up, if you will. But I had more ability to stay in longer. But it was just kind of felt like the right time for – I was already helping out, like I said, with events and some of those other things locally. So, so once I determined that, I was like, okay – here, let me figure out what's next. And then I don't want to, I really had a very clear vision of like, I meant for something big, 
I want to make a difference on a big level, definitely in the running space or just, you know, getting out there and being healthy and being active and, and pushing yourself in the, the human capability as a general concept, but also more on the military side. I was like, if I can somehow make a difference in a multiple people, you know, amount of people, not just in business as they were coming out of the military, but I'm also involved with helping other people do podcasts in the military side. Cause when I started, there was just very few people on the military side at all that were doing anything related to podcasting. And now it's so cool to see people in, in the military right now doing it. And I've even talked to some of them, them individually. And I'm like, you in a cool way, you've changed your life forever. Like that, that really motivated me, inspired me to be like, wow, any, anything that some of the people I'm involved with, we're making this big change, a big difference for future people or even people now in the military side. That really inspired me to to just really wrap my head around, okay, I'm, I might get distracted in a couple areas, but as I came back to this core, like my, just everything in my, in my being is like, that's what, that's what I'm wanting to do and make a difference and feel like I'm here for is to, really make a difference in the near future and then the maybe later future of hopefully leaders and different people that come through the military space that that maybe I'll be blessed to have a little bit of, of say on on their their thought process and and other people that that I'm kind of in real um, kind of do business with or or are, are around because there's some other you know we're kind of trying to grow out a podcast network as well so Mm -hmm. that that's more on that side, but we didn't, you know, you and I didn't talk about that on the show, but that's, you know, it was things like that. I was like, okay, if I can grow out a podcast network with multiple military podcast type shows that'll affect the military space, that, that really got me excited. And it was really something that I felt like could not just be during my lifetime, but could live on. It was, it was really those kind of things that inspired me in the last 10 years. And, you know, I'm still kind of going towards one kind of backtracking a little bit. I'm not, I'm going all towards that, but that's, that would be what I would say. All right. Finish the sentence. I am at my best when. When I'm focused. <laughs> and I hate to say that because uh, me being focused is a challenge for multiple reasons. And I'll kind of leave it at that. But I really think if I can know what I'm doing and be 100% focused on it, I can be very effective and that's really, you know, what it's all about. Right. I think mm -hmm. to, to be effective and to learn how to do it better and, and then learn ways to clear up things so you can be more focused on the one thing, right. If there's a book that calls, it talks about the one thing that by doing this one thing makes everything, et cetera. So, so that, that would be what I would say. All right. If you can turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell him about where you are now in life? That's a great question too. I probably would say more than I'm going to say in this answer, but for, for sure, I remember even on the military side, which I keep talking about, if I was going to do 20 years and I was like 18 to 38, at 18, 19, 20, 22, 25, I'm thinking 38 is a little bit quote unquote old, right? 48, even older, 58 older. For number one, I for sure would tell my 18-year-old self, okay, those those ages, you're going to feel great, right? Sometimes I say, right now, I feel better than I did 10, 20 years ago. 10 years ago, I probably would have said that, right? So, I, you know, I think by doing a lot of the decisions that I've done and, and really kind of 
I don't say blazed the path. I feel like there wasn't a lot of people on the path I was going down when I got in the military because like there's there's a lot of other ways to to do things. I chose a different way, I felt, than a lot of people, than most people, and I wanted it that way, but it's scary. But I think by doing that, it gave me this whole really full of life. Like there's just something that's hard to describe. It's like I don't – I just feel alive by doing this. And so that's what I would tell myself at 18. It's like, you know, trust yourself, be okay with being different. Like, I think you just get more comfortable in this point in your life, right? I'm really kind of in the middle of, of my life for sure, somewhere thereabouts, right? So so I think I start to be more comfortable. So I would tell my, my, myself at 18, because that's what I'm realizing now. Probably, well, not probably, I was entrepreneurial minded or very much questioning things at age whatever, right? 10, 12, 14. I, I didn't really fit in in the school system at the time, for sure. I mean, I did at the trade school, right? But that was different. It's like, okay, I already know what I want to do. Why do I need to take science 400 times? Like all the things like that made no sense to me about school. I It really, really, I struggled with that because I was like, how, how long, you know, when do I get out of this thing? So, so I think that's what the things like that I would tell myself is as I got older, it's like, it's okay that people don't understand you or that you're different. That's, that's a superpower. Right. But nobody's telling me at that age, it's super They're Like, Hey, shut up and color, go over there, go in the corner, you know, get in the hallway. <laughs> if you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it say and why? I don't know why I immediately think about the Nike one, but it's already kind of taken, just do it. But I think that's the thing, right? We get in our own heads all of us, me, everyone of like, you know, what if, what, you know, how will it, those kind of things. And just take an action, even if it's not quite hundred percent, the right action could be bad. Right. Sometimes, right. If you, if you're totally doing it the wrong way, but you're going to learn really quickly, like, you know, fail faster, if you will, it was a term, right. Even though I said, I don't really like the term or the concept of failure as, as an all encompassing thing. But I think, Something around that, I'd have to think a little bit creatively to not just be re recreating or, you know, saying that slogan, but what a great slogan, right? Just, just freaking do it, right? Just, you know, here goes nothing, you know, watch this, right? So yeah. it's something around that because I think so many people are so scared to take any action, like the fear just paralyzes them. And I, I know fear, there's a level of fear that's healthy, but there's a lot of fear that's bullshit. You know, and I don't know if I could say those kind of terms on your show, but yeah, that's you just can. straight up, right? So, all right. What do you think the world would look like in five years? Wow, well, another good question. So, so the interesting thing about being a tech person overall, and I hate to even call myself a tech person because I know so many people that know so much more about tech than I do. But generally speaking, if you know anything about tech. People are always way like, oh, yeah, in five years from now, we're not going to have this. We're going to all be in like drones or I don't even know. It doesn't matter. You you pick the thing. We're always doing way more than we're going to ever do and maybe even 10 or 20 years from now. So I would say, I mean, it's 2023 right now. So let me see, 2018. I don't know if anyone could have predicted we were going to go through a thing type of thing where the world shut down basically because of, of the of the app and or, um, you know the, of covid stuff but overall i think 
we'll just be more connected and more have more ability because you know things just become faster and faster we'll be able to do more things easier and faster and better to some degree in five years from now i don't know like i remember trying to think what it would look like i remember early early on we we're like oh I wonder what this whole concept of like we could talk to people and see them at the same time will look like. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to ever imagine what we're doing now as that thing. So I think the exciting thing for me is in five years from now, I would hope we're fighting less as a world, you know, and coming you know, what what like our differences, you know, are, are okay. People being different are okay. Like hopefully it's a world of that with better people getting along and understanding each other and, and being open to listen. And that goes back to podcasting. That's why I love this medium. I think, I think there'll be more podcasts a different way and better. So mm -hmm. I'm dancing around that answer. It's hard to really predict what the world looks like in five years, but those are some ideas I think from a tech perspective, as, as I immediately think of where we've come in my lifetime. And then also, as you know, things don't kind of go like, oh yeah, you know, one, two, three. I mean, in tech, it's like it's just goes so much faster, doubling, tripling, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, right? So, so I think it'll it'll be faster to get to what five years looks like now than it was five years ago and ten, you know, fifteen years, et cetera. So, all right, what was your favorite subject in school? Um, personally, I've always been a big fan of math and numbers i know some other people that are that are great numbers people better than me but it's something about math and and how it works and equations and numbers you know that's always been a subject i loved kind of mentioned already the ones that i didn't love but math what else would it, uh, i mean they don't have the subject much now but what shop isn't really a class subject i guess but i really like to do some of the wood shop stuff i did and growing up and i've gotten to work at a cabinet shop while i was in the military i worked at as a part-time shop so i love kind of construction and anything around that space and building things and learning how to do those kind of things so um, i definitely like that subject i mean i was decent in english but i wouldn't say i liked english history history i would say history was interesting too i found any kind of history class to be fascinating. So I would say history and math if I had to pick two two of traditional subjects. All right. Would you consider yourself an introvert, an extrovert, or an amdiovert? Extreme extrovert. All I right. get energy from people and from, like, I don't mind being by myself, but I usually go seek to be around people and be social, and I can go and go and go and go. And then when I when it's over, I miss it. I'm like, okay, when's the next thing that I can go do to get that again? <laughs> All right. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be and why? Another great question. So I haven't really mentioned, so I've got two children. My oldest is 25 almost. She'll be 25 later this year. And my youngest just turned 21 earlier this year. So I think it goes to that concept I said to have, to kind of pass on any kind of values and impact that'll be later hopefully more impact that to me is what i want to be remembered is how good i was able to influence my children to want to be better people because of of me so i'm hoping that but even if it, that as well as the things we talked about before to have an impact in specifically military veteran 
entrepreneurship and and running and, and outdoor activities. All right. Tell me about where you are now in life. What a big question. That's a great question too. I would say it kind of sounds like a cliche type of answer, but I feel mixed right now, but in a good place because of some things, right? Is or is everything perfect in my life? I would say maybe maybe there's no such thing, but for right now, not, not at all, right? I just came out of a, of a long divorce process, which was, you know, I'm a relational person. Uh, definitely didn't go down as I hoped it would, let's just say. I'm trying to be as politically correct, not even politically correct, like tippy-toe around this is, since it's so recent. But I think also on the military side, it's I've I'm, I'm been out about eight years, and I was in during some some pretty substantial years. If you look at wars, right, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, where most of my 20 years, at least more than half for sure, but th almost three quarters of it was around those conflicts. So, and I've, you know, it's tactical calm. So even though I wasn't an army guy in the front line, you know, shooting people, let's just say close enough, right? In the sense of like, you know, a lot of things, you know, I don't want to go into, of course, all the different things. I really, I really minimized it in the 20 years. I tried to always tell myself it was less than, you know, less than, and I don't know why that is necessarily, but the impact I'm realizing now that it had on me, I'm kind of working through that personally. So I feel like that's where I'm at in life right now is really in a good place, generally speaking, because I've got a good support system. I got a lot of people that care about me and that I can like in a cool way, it doesn't matter who it is. There's so many people I can pick up the phone right now and call them and they'll pick up the phone. I've had a lot of people say that. So maybe that's even on your other answer. That's a compliment when someone's like, you're the, you're one of the few people that people will say this to me. There's several people that they're like, you're one of the few people that when you call, I'll answer no matter what, no matter how busy I am, because I know you wouldn't just call me you know, for, for just something small. Right. So, so I think it's good. I, I feel, I felt isolated in the last few years for a lot of reasons related to, you know, some of the things I mentioned, right. Divorce, the, the type of military career I had and very few people I could talk to really on that side. Right. So, um, so I'm kind of working through that right now, literally as we speak in the last few years, right. That, that I feel like I'm now kind of on the, I don't want to say better side of it, right. The other side, let's say uh, of figuring those things out for me in life. And then it goes back all the way back to some of my other answers, right. What keeps me going and driven is the bigger vision and, mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of going all out for my purpose until I'm not here anymore, whenever that may be. All right. Now we get to the questions everyone loves to hear. Let's start off with what's your favorite word? You know, like I say, certain ones a lot. Uh, I, I do like the word awesome. So I guess right now I'll, I'll say that one comes to mind quickly is, is the word awesome. All right. What's your least favorite word? can't all right it's a good word what turns you on creatively spiritually and emotionally 
uh, and I don't know if this is the, uh, I'm thinking words like alive or life. You know, I think just living life to the fullest is what it's about to me. And I really, you know, when I'm just in a good place and by, you know, doing whatever I want to do and it has to do with, you know, just living as though I, you know, all out for today and alive, you know, though, though that's what, what it's about to me, I think. All right. What turns you off? I would say negativity. I just, I, tr I really, I say try, I don't even like that word, I guess. Like I, I'm not trying anything, right? I'm doing, like, I want to eliminate negativity from those around me and myself. Like, I just don't want to be around that kind of, you know, cause whether it's, you know, been told things like, you know, your rose colored glasses and glass half full and all, all the things, right. I, I want to live as though, and think as though glass is mostly always full, could be a little bit more full and I want it to be, but I, I just don't hardly ever see a case in my mind as I'm thinking right now where negativity really helps anything. So I would, I would say negativity. All right. What's your favorite curse word? Uh, so I've said, I used to never say any bad words around my parents out of respect and that's changed recently. So I've dropped the F bomb more than once around my mom. So I think at this point, and I feel weird to even say it on a show, but if I had to say fuck would be probably my favorite one. I don't even know if that's a curse or if it's a different level of curse word, but that's probably All my right. favorite because there's so many ways to use it. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Um, and I don't know if this classifies as this, but I think music overall and specifically, I've realized that th at this point in my life, for sure, I was influenced heavily by grunge music. feel like personally, musically, there was a lot of bands that came out in the early 90s that saved music as we knew it. Because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big kind of rock and roll person. I like a lot of the different styles. And I continue to want to expand my horizons, right, of, of my maybe limited, not knowledge, but what I do and don't like musically. I grew up, my mom was a music teacher, or I'm not a piano teacher and, and such. So I've been around music kind of all my life, but I really enjoy listening to it. So I don't know if that counts as a sound, but I think, you know, I kind of really, you know, I used it a lot in the military career to, to get motivated and to get, you know, in, in a kind of a zone, so. I would say that. What sound or noise do you hate? Wow, I feel like there could be several. Like I don't, I don't love people beeping their horns all the time. So whatever reason, that's been sort of a, a of a noise that's annoying. I know it's necessary to use the horn sometimes, but I think there's a plenty of people in the world that use it excessively. So I'll. I could say other sounds, but let, for sake of brevity or for, for wanting to keep it short, I will say uh, the horn. What's your favorite color? Oh, that's easy. Blue. I'm a big Michigan fan, so maize and blue is not really one color. So either one of those, but blue in general is, is definitely would be my favorite color. What's your least favorite color? 
that seems to be well that's a mixture i would say green and red and has i guess everything came from sports for me so i'm not really well more i don't like red than green but michigan state is a their green is their color although i do like the palm tree behind me right now that's that has green stuff on it so i would probably say if i had to pick a color and i'm pinned down red never been a huge fan of red and uh i'll stay with that all right what profession other than your own would you like to attempt feel like there's more than one, but I would say I would love to, I do want to add this and be, learn how to fly. So I would say a pilot. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, this has come up recently. I'm trying to remember which thing I was like, yeah, definitely not. Well, I think anything medical. There's, right. I have zero interest in, I'm glad people do it. I've never been interested in it. And to this day, I try to avoid having to go to a hospital or be around it at all. I'm so glad that people do it. It's just not for me. All right. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. All right. When you arrive at heaven, who would you like to meet? Sort of a weird one, but maybe General Patton. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Winston Churchill, people like that, but that's a great question I've never really even thought about. But it would be someone that I didn't get a chance to meet already in life. All right. What books or, or, or podcasts other than your own would you recommend people listen to? I should say your podcast. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. I mean, I definitely would recommend yours, but also so many podcasts that I like and listen to. It's hard. This is a hard area for me because I know so many, I have so many friends that have podcasts. Um, one's, there's one, and, I, and I'm trying to remember the title right now because I think the title has changed. But there's a guy named Christopher Lockhead, and actually, that's a safe person to mention. He has two different books. One, um, I'm trying, like, I'm gonna blank. Yeah, this would be perfect, right? I can't think of it. Uh, Follow Your Different is one of the books. I believe that's the podcast title now. Also, I see that it's a black book. I'm trying to think of the title. And you'll have to put it in the show notes. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, I, so Christopher Lockhead wrote two books. I recommend both those books, and I recommend anything Christopher Lockhead really puts out. Um, you know, he talks. Oh, he talks about category design and stuff in the book. Uh, and like I said, for whatever reason, I'm getting a blank on the book title, the first one, and and that's a great book too. Um, but you know, it's you know, kind of kind of a whole whole thing of of you know, coming into a space and not just doing what other people do, but figure out a way to to stand out and be your own category versus what, you know, competing in, in the same thing as other people, I guess. And I mean, follow your different has really been 
you know, without even me knowing that that would be the book I talk about, like that's, that really resonates with me, right? Following my different is really what I've done all my life, if I had to really say so. And finally, where can people find out more about you and your podcast? Absolutely. So both of my podcasts are on all platforms, I believe. And if they're not, please write and tell me that you couldn't <laughs> find it somewhere. But everywhere you possibly could get a podcast, you should be able to find both of mine. I have one called The Veterans and Business Show and with James Van Proyen. And I also have one called The Ragnar Life Podcast. But also... You can find my name, James Van Proyen. I'm on all social media platforms. If you search my name, you'll find me everywhere. There's not very many people that are with that name. So I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. You name it, I'm on it. So please reach out and don't hesitate. If I can do anything for anyone in your audience, I would love to to provide anything I can or, or answer any questions. But thank you so much for for the opportunity to to highlight that. Not a problem. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That was James Van Proyen. And I'll see you in the next one. See you later, everyone. Bye, James. Awesome. Thanks. You and I were hiding in our rooms while the sky burned. Getting high off of the fumes, feeling like the bombs outside with flowers Me and you stay Watching through the glass as the moon came Bodies holding hands, feeling truly like our lives are movies I swear it's all a dream, no need to be afraid Someday we'll fall asleep and won't recall things Some believe there's no but I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Ooh, yeah. I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way we see the world yeah. I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Right there Staring at the sun We spent our nightmares Falling in love I know you feel this The way we see the world Ooh, yeah. I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way we see the world yeah. I just don't agree I love the way we see the world I swear it's all a dream No need to be afraid Someday we'll fall asleep And won't recall thing Some believe there's no escape Like pain's closer but I just don't agree, I love the way you see the world.